This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth provides quality clothing and packs at a price that you deserve. Uh, we just got a ton of stuff in from Huntworth, and I'm just continually impressed by the quality of all this stuff. I had, actually had Frank over here, and he brought up a good point, something I haven't mentioned and, and maybe people were would be wondering about, is that the sizing is fit for, like, us Midwest guys, so... It it isn't slim fit like for the the Western guys or like there's some other clothing manufacturers who have that like tight athletic fit. Um, this is this is fit for you know Frank's words exactly were like that's an XL that's not a Chinese extra large. So uh, when you're looking at this stuff, some to keep in mind. Um, just got their rain gear in and i know that's something that we have given away in the past and i'm sure that we're going to give away some more of that later on in the year uh, but i want to test that out for turkey season and i'm very very impressed with it um you know with with rain gear it's either going to be like super thin or super duper heavy duty and extremely expensive and this seems to fit right in the middle there uh, so i'm super excited about the stuff that we've got and uh, happy to be working with huntworth this year uh, today's podcast something that i've been wanting to talk about on the podcast for quite some time um, we talk about all the things that we don't like about hunting but what are we actually doing about it we talk about the infighting and crossbows and air bows and rifle and gun and shotgun and all this stuff and um, something popped up on my feed for the howl uh, for for wildlife and uh, Andy May actually shared it, and I saw it, I clicked on it, and I uh, was wondering who was behind it. And the guest today, John Stallone, who uh, has been in the industry for like the last 20 plus years or something like that, a hunting show, hunting podcast, way before podcasts were a thing, um, he had reached out to me. Um, to get on the podcast and talk about conservation. And we get a lot of requests from just random people. And uh, he didn't say anything about Howell, or Howell didn't say anything about that, and uh, reached out to him. And, and it turns out what they're doing, you know, he's, he's one of the founders. He's one of the guys behind it. And um, it, it, I think it's really a good opportunity for us as hunters to keep the tradition of hunting alive and to have a way to just be aware of the avenues from which hunting is being attacked. So you can make your own uh, decision on, you know, what you think of it or how it's, how it's going, but uh, they just really streamline getting out there and um, actually being able to take some action uh, to preserve this thing that we, that we love. So, um, I know you guys are going to like this one. It's very interesting, uh, very interesting topic and uh, a fun discussion. So just a little quick uh, housekeeping. 
just want to again thank all the patreons every everybody we talk about giveaways um patreon is crowdfunding for the show it helps us to be able to uh do this sort of stuff do all the hosting um everything we're going to be doing the big cook out of the total archery challenge i'm not looking forward to um signing us up for that uh this weekend after everything that's gone on but um, it allows us to do things like that and go out and meet you guys and then we also uh love to give back and we're giving away a bunch of stuff uh like i said hunt where there's giving away an entire turkey hunting package and uh, the durham pants that they have uh, are probably one of my favorite things that we've got from them um super lightweight going to be perfect for that early season uh but they're giving away you know pants top hat gloves the whole works uh, a whole setup and uh and that's going to be in the tarnan i believe which is a really cool uh, that's the camel that we've got right now and uh blends in just about everywhere uh really good for uh you know beech trees cedar trees birch trees it's got whites greens it, just really awesome um and then for us we're giving away that uh bear montana longbow 40 pounds fun shooting bow uh tom's finishing up the arrows for that so it's going to be the bow arrows arm guard uh bow stringer everything for you to get set up and then spartan forge you know we can't say enough about spartan forge Bill is really doing amazing things. The imagery just continues to get better. Uh, one of the things is the tracking that we don't talk about so much is uh, it's actual data points instead of line to line to line to line. If you want to go to that exact tree and make a cut, their their mapping does that for you when you're going to follow your trail back. Um, and they're giving away one of their pro packs, uh, one-year subscription to spartan forge and check them out at spartanforge.ai and then again we're working with lucky buck this year kind of odd for us being michigan but uh, we do have our property in the up and uh, my dad was just up there for a funeral put out some lucky buck and one of the tact cam and we've already got deer on it and uh, super excited they're going to be giving away a bucket of the lucky buck or if it's not something that you can use in your area um, they do have uh, food plot seed as well uh, so they'll be giving away that and all of that is just a way to say thank you for supporting our show through patreon you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash boner chronicles podcast or you can go to boner chronicles podcast.com uh, instagram whatever but i think this is one of our more important podcasts uh, for us to actually look at what we can do again to preserve what's going on uh, in the hunting world you know the hunting that we have today um, so that stays at least at the very least the way that we have it uh, all the things that we maybe take for granted about hunting season coming up and everything that we're excited about um, this podcast is about what we can do as hunters to preserve that so tell somebody about this podcast please Say, hey, go check out this website. Check these guys out. Not our website. Go to Howl. Make a decision for yourself if you think they're doing a good thing. Um, but at least we're having the conversation. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Adam back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. John has left for uh, Florida, so he's down there chasing Wahoo once again. 
and uh, we'll we'll hear about that here uh, in a couple of weeks uh, as he returns to us. Um, but today. We're going to talk a little bit of conservation, a lot of bit of conservation, and kind of like what we can do as hunters for ourselves. There's so much infighting, and we're here with the Bow Hunter Chronicles, right? And so we're like, we don't like crossbows. The airbow is the devil, which I still won't. I'll still say that the airbow is the devil. Um, but, you know, rifle hunters and all this stuff, and, and there is a lot of infighting, public versus private, all of those things. And the bigger picture is like, what are we doing to keep the ability to hunt? And, um, so I had, um, John, John Stallone is our guest. Um, and he is with uh, a bunch of different things. We'll let him introduce his, himself, but we're going to be talking about the how for wildlife organization. But he had reached out to me and he said, and I quote, I'm reaching out to all of the well-respected podcasts. So I don't know where we fell on that because I think that, that I knew he was lying. So I had to do a little bit of get a little backstory um, on that before uh, we, we had him on. Um, but uh, I had seen the something pop up uh, through Andy May sharing uh, Howl for Wildlife. So I clicked on it and it's very intuitive and it seemed like – very legitimate. It did not seem like it was something that anyone had anything to really to gain from it. It looked like it was a very wholesome, like very focused on hunter rights. And as I started to talk to John, it turns out that he was the one that was behind it. That wasn't what the lead was. It was like, Hey, if you want somebody to come on and talk about conservation, um, you know, I'd be happy to do that. So, um, John, how are you doing today? And how was that uh, intro kind of like uh, what we're talking about today? The intro is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm doing great, by the way. The um, and and the reason why I, I, I put in well-respected podcasts and I wasn't lying. I literally went and listened to at least one episode, or at least part of a few episodes of everybody, and it was more about how well they were produced and how they presented themselves. Um, so I did research on you before <laughs> I did contact you, just so you know. Um, yeah, but I didn't, uh, I definitely didn't look into your, uh, how your viewers perceive you. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't poll people. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I wanted to make sure that you, uh, you know, that you as a person and the way you ran things um, fell in line with what Hal's doing. Okay. So let's give a little bit of a backstory on you because it's sure. this isn't like all that you do by any means. Oh, so, I wish it would. <laughs> so uh, let's- My life would be a lot simpler. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, I've, I've been a hunter since I'm five years old. You know, my, I took my first deer with my dad at five. Um, I am a, a father of three. I'm a husband. I- own a construction company in Arizona, but I also am an outfitter out here. I'm an outfitter in South Dakota. I own the Honey Channel online. Uh, not everybody knows that. Um, I was in outdoor TV for about 12 years, uh, having my own TV show. I've been podcasting. Uh, I have a podcast still, uh, Days in the Wild podcast. Um, and I've been podcasting for almost 14 years. Before podcasting was a very popular thing, and everybody had one. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been paid in some way, shape, or form since like 2001. 
to in the industry. I've been a writer. I've written a couple of different books. I got a book called The Whitetail Hunter's Blueprint. I have another one called The Secrets of Hunting Western Game. I'm originally from New York. I lived there till I was 16. Started bow hunting at 13. Then I moved to Arizona and uh, got into Western hunting. But I still go back to New York. I, I mean, I hunt all over the Midwest and had the opportunity to take um, whitetail in 16 different states. So um, I've been around. <laughs> and um, so, what from from that perspective, like, what is the the crux behind like the conservation or the, you know, the, the, the need to do this. It seems like you've got 150 other things that you've got going on right. and everybody's time is so limited. It's like this. And as we'll get into it, it seems for me, for the layman and, and for probably most of the listeners, unless somebody contacts you or you're part of like, like we had talked about previously, um, like the Michigan Bow Hunters Association is really good, like I say, about the air bow stuff, about uh, trying to create separate seasons and keep the, the season length and things um, for uh, bow hunters different or reasonable. But unless someone comes to you with that, we end up saying, well, it's too hard or they're not going to listen to me or right. we're just complaining amongst each other. So why or how did this all come about? Like why take this project on? Well, uh, I mean, for me, it started a long time ago. Um, I'm 46, probably a bit older than you. And um, I've, I've seen how hunting has changed over the years. And the opportunities are, especially out here in the West, I don't, you know, Michigan, back East, not so much. You could still go to, you know, you could still go to the store and, and purchase your hunting license. I think where you guys being in the Midwest or being back East, I think the problem is access versus opportunity, which really is the same thing. I mean, if you can't access a place to go hunting, you don't have the opportunity, right? But the tags are available there for you to get. The, the license is there for you to get. Um, so technically, you should be able to go. Like, But with the, what we're facing out here is there's less and less tags and more and more people wanting to do it. It's not a land issue. I live in Arizona. 82 percent something like that 83 83 or more maybe uh percent public land so there's a, pl a lot of places for me to go hunt you know but the opportunity to go hunting is not there because i can't get the tag can't draw can't whatever so that was part of it um then some years ago i started noticing how the anti-hunting world operated and I started kind of like fearing that I'm like, wow, man, they're always they're always operating at in, in the mainstream, right? And they're always doing a really good job of portraying hunters as a villain. And that was bothering me. So I wrote blogs about it. I got involved. I talked to a few people on my podcast about it. You know, kind of went down this road. And I've always been the kind of person that um if I see a hole that needs to be filled, I want to fill it, you know? And um, I, I always want to provide the silver bullet, so to speak, for whomever it is. Like, I want to find the answer so that can make it easy for everybody. Well, you know, coupled with that, and then about four or five years ago, I, I decided part of the problem was us hunters, right? 
if not most of the problems was with us uh, hunters as, as a whole. And I started this thing called the Hunter Up Initiative. And it was just me, you know, standing on a soapbox, so to speak. It wasn't really like, I didn't put a whole lot of effort into it except for, and then I explain why. One of the things that I did was I reached out to like 20 or 30, I can't even remember now exactly, of the most influential people that I knew. And I said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. The Hunter Up Initiative, I want hunters to start understanding that we're a community. We're not the bear hunters. We're not the lion hunters. We're not the deer hunters. We're not the duck hunters. We're not the, you know, the pheasant hunters, the turkey hunter. We're all hunters. And it doesn't matter if we hunt with a bow or whether we hunt with a rifle or that we, you know, we did that stuff does, or if we wear sick of camo or if you're a kuyu guy or if you're, you know, uh, a scent lock guy, it didn't matter to me. Like what the, what the message was is we need to start being one good to each other because we're not. You know, we're always the first person to bash on on another hunter is usually a hunter, right? And then that we need to start focusing our efforts instead of arguing about all these stupid things that we debate about online and get into fights with and so on, it's to start taking that energy and putting it towards anti-hunting so that we can keep doing this forever. Um well, I contacted all these guys and everybody was like, oh, that's a great idea. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay. So I try to set up a Skype meeting. I'm like, okay, so let's get on here and we'll have like a little, you know, virtual symposium, so, so to speak. And uh, we'll discuss and see what we can do. And let's try to get, you know, everybody on social media to dedicate at least 5% of what they do on social media towards, um, you know, conservation, showing how, you know, what we do, not just gripping grins, not just this, you know, so got it. And everybody's like all on board for it. I shit you not, not a single person showed up for that meeting. And I was floored. I was floored. Um, because a lot of these people were people that were, um, you know, Basically, touting how you know, beating their own chests about how much involved they are in conservation and this and that, and, and I'm like, I started having a conversation with one of them, and in so many words, he's like, "There's really nothing in it for him," and I was like, "There's nothing in it for you, man." Like, like your kids and your grandkids being able to hunt in the future—that's not something for you. Not having a better quality experience while you're hunting, that's not something you know, that's in it for you. So I started realizing coming to realize that we needed to do something on a grander scale. Well, fast forward to last year. Um my my partner Charles, he uh he calls me up and he's like, Hey, let's uh or not excuse me, not let's he said, Let's let me show you this this bill that came out. It's uh they're trying to ban bear hunting here in California. Um, and he's like, I don't know what we could do about it. Him and I worked on something. He was really instrumental in another thing uh, there in California, like 2016 about pig hunting. I'm like, let's start a change.org petition and let's get a bunch of signatures and we'll, you know, let the decision makers know where we stand on this. So we did that. And in five days, we got 27,000. Um, 
people to sign the petition and they donated like $18,000. So, man, we're like, wow, there's something to this. So we did it again in two more states with two more bills. And I'm like, this is awesome. This works. You know, grassroots, we get, we're activating people. We're using our social media networks. We're, you know, reaching out to all these people that we know and, and they're, it's easy for them. They're just spreading the word. Right. And so, but the problem with it is one change.org is not really hunter friendly. Two, they're a for profit organization. So all this money that we generated was just going to change.org. We generated like 30K between the three things that we did. And that wasn't money that we can use to put towards anything for hunting. It just went to change.org. So I told him, I'm like, listen, we need to start a change.org for for hunters. So I went down this road and built his website. And quite frankly, it just sucked. Um, and then he really got involved in it because uh, living in California, all the politicians shut him down and he couldn't work. So he had a lot of time on his hands and he developed a powerful wildlife. Um, and um, so with that, we have the platform that we have today because, because of all that. It's <laughs> just kind of... Came from a million different directions, and so hopefully I answered the question. Yeah, 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 and it basically just saying, okay, so how do we look at the whole big picture and change it? And instead of essentially death by a thousand cuts for us against the antis, rather the other way, and the way of saying, well, I could try these big five hammers to go out there and stand on their soapboxes too, but mm -hmm. it, it wasn't beneficial for them to use their clout to, to help everybody <laughs> when they were more, they wanted to help themselves. So it's like, okay, well then how can we as hunters help ourselves and we get the information out there? And when you say that the antis, they operate like in the mainstream and when we talk about conservation, so conservation is one of those, I don't know, like in the podcasting world, like when you say uh, it's situational or all of these like things that people kind of hate, conservation has almost become like a derogatory term, I would say, because you have these huge in it for myself uh, influencers or whatever that want to use conservation. And I just want to use like the example, uh, and I don't know whether it was good or bad, and maybe you have some information, but like when Mountain Dew was giving these influencers all of this money to drink Mountain Dew and make a post about conservation, you know, uh, when you, and we look at some of the things where on the surface, it seems like they're doing something good to help, but maybe they're not, using that money appropriately or, or whatever. So like, how do the antis operate in that underhanded manner? Well, um, I mean, I, I can't speak for all the other organizations and how that, that stuff works, but I know it's a very dirty business all the way around on both sides, unfortunately. And I don't, and I like to think that it's not. I don't think that it's necessarily intentional on the haunting side. I don't think it's meant to be deceptive. It just, you know, for instance, 
you know, organization A gets a bunch of free tags or whatever, and they raffle them off and they generate a million dollars. And then they go apply for, you know, uh, these different projects that they want to do with those, that million dollars. And those projects get declined. That money gets reabsorbed by the government. So the intention was there, but it didn't actually do what it was supposed to do. So all us well-intentioned people that donated to raffle tickets or try to buy into that auction or the guy who, you know, shelled out $450,000 for an elk tag in Utah or whatever, you know, like their intentions are there, but it doesn't necessarily do what it's supposed to do. So that's a whole nother conversation that maybe you should have Sean Clarkston on or one of those guys on that talk about, because that's, I know enough to be dangerous and actually I know enough to be sick about it. It's, I know one of the things that we're trying to do here at Howl is, is to not be that way. Uh, yes, we're going to try to use some of them tools like for raffles and stuff like that, just because the hunting public understands that. They feel there's value in that, that they can put up $100 to get a chance to win a life hunt of a lifetime or whatever. So yes, we might use that stuff, but the whole thing is our our mission with the money that is being generated after operating costs because it's not this is not a very uh inexpensive invent you know endeavor um but after operating costs and paying you know the people who need to get paid uh that are that are working for us the money is going to go to that mainstream that we were talking about so for years for as long as i've been alive and before that like if you look back at like disney or whatever um you know bambi came out we're we're always villainized. We're always being portrayed in mainstream media on TV, on movies, and uh, like the news and so on and so forth as the villain. We're never. I, I mean, I don't know of any. If you know of a movie out there where uh, there's a hunter in it that's, you know, the hero, I, I I can't think of one. There might be, but if there are, they're not very many. I always think back, and I made this example on several, you know, interviews here, but there was a movie where Reese Witherspoon and she's like hiking across the Oregon Trail or something along those lines. I should probably look it up because I don't remember it. I shut the movie off right after this part, so that's why I don't really remember what it was called or what it was about. But she's hiking across and she runs into two hunters and these guys are elk hunters. And they're they're dressed kind of like you're right now with like a flannel shirt and jeans and a hat. You know, not what you would typically see nowadays, you know, something from maybe the 60s or the 70s, probably like for a hunter. You know, we, we just camouflage now, right? And they both got frame packs on and one of them is drinking a beer. First off, I'm going to tell you right now. If I go on an elk hunt, I'm probably doing 10 to 12 miles a day. There's no freaking way in hell I'm packing around a six pack in my backpack, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's bullshit right from the get go. But um, the problem is, is the non-hunting public does they don't know that. They don't even know it goes into a hunt, right? So they're how how are they gonna ex, how are they gonna look past that? They're not. The other thing is they portray, portray these two guys as like super creepy. The whole time I'm watching this thing in my head, and I'm a hunter, is like, are these two guys gonna rape this girl? They're gonna rape this girl, aren't they? That's what's gonna happen right now. That's the whole like the whole time you're thinking that. And 
I like I said, I shut it off. They they may have later on, like because they show that they kind of go off in a different direction. She kind of like, you know, hurries up, scared off in another direction. So it might I, but I shut it off, so I don't really know what happened. But that's the kind of crap we're dealing with. So what we want to do is we want to change that narrative. We want to start putting out, um, where they're putting out propaganda. We want to start putting out, you know, things that are we have we have truth, we have science, we have money, we have integrity, all this stuff backing us. Why aren't we putting that stuff out? Why are we not showing, you know, the non-hunting public that we're not just a bunch of hillbillies riding around in trucks drinking beer and shooting willy-nilly out of the back of a pickup? Like that's that is the common perception. Does some of that go on? Yeah. All right. There is there's just like in any in any niche, there's going to be that small percentage of people that are, you know, not uh, representative of of what the whole population is, right? And you can say that about anybody. And Certainly. so the the push to do that is what our goal is with with the funding. Okay. Um, our main use and our main uh, goals, I guess, are to get hunters all on the same page and to uh, to stop anti-hunting and anti-fishing policy before it even gets to a courtroom or before it even gets to a ballot in some cases. Like a lot of times it's just before a committee. Um you know, we're like what 16 million hunters in North America. Okay. If let's say 10% of us, 1.6 million were members of Howlful Wildlife and every time a anti-hunting bill came up that decision maker got 1.6 million emails saying, Hey, we oppose this bill. We support science-based wildlife. Um, you know, please, please look into the, the, um, negative sides of what would happen if you took this away. Um, I can guarantee you right now, every politician would jump back from that bill, like a, you know, like a ton of hot, you know, hot bricks or whatever. So that's the goal. The goal is to to be able to be fast acting, to be able to eliminate a lot of this policy before it even gets to a point where we have to throw money at it, you know, where we have to litigate, where we have to lobby, where we have to do, you know, stuff like that that costs lots and lots and lots of money. So let's talk about that a little bit where we had talked earlier about the lawmaking season or or whatever like there's a time for open comment and other stuff so like when these bills are coming up and being voted on and all of that stuff like what is that process like and how does what you're doing influence that after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch so when i heard that mint mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. 
That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So the, 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 the crappy part is the process is different in every state, and it's different per how the person or or organization that presented the either a bill or a petition or um, a proposal, even how it was presented and who it was presented to. So, one of the things that Hal Hal has done is we've connected to every decision maker in the country and even in Canada. We, we haven't opened that up yet, but so. For instance, uh, here in Arizona, what when we launched, the reason why we launched earlier there, early was that there was a open uh, comment period in the uh, Arizona fishing game, and open comment period, they have it. Well, they have one every year, but every five years, the fishing game here has a uh, a discussion, and they and they look at all the the. Um, management laws and look at all the rules and regulations and they reassess everything. Are we going to keep everything status quo or are we going to make a change? So when there's a comment period during this this time and let's say a thousand anti-hunters send in an email that says, hey, we want you to get rid of mountain lion hunting. Now it gives cause for the commission to look into that because now there's social science saying, you know, I'm sorry, if that, that might have been me, um, social science saying that there's, uh, you know, a thousand people that want to have lion hunting bang and we've only gotten, we haven't gotten it. You don't, you're not going to send an email, right? As a hunter, you're not going to send an email. Hey, I want to keep this hunting. I want to keep this hunting. I want to keep this. You know, you don't do that. We're not, we're not proactively saying, hey, let's keep what we already have, right? We're not going out there. And if you don't know that there's a, you know, somebody trying to, to take something away from you, you're not going. So this is a real sneaky tactic, right? Um, well, we got wind of it that this was going on. So we put up an action on Alpha Wildlife and we sent like six or 7,000 emails to Game and Fish Department, which basically they said, okay, well, there's way more support for from hunters. This is not something we need to look at. Let's keep it status quo. So, like, there's that instance. Then it could be an actual bill. You know, if it's an SB, it's a Senate bill. If it's an HB, it's a House bill. Um, so, if you see something like SB 116, that's, you know, you know, it's at the Senate. So, you have to contact senators. And then usually they'll be sponsoring senators. And the sponsoring senators of the bills are the ones that HUSIS or PETA whispered in their ear and said, hey, this is going to make you look really good because you're going to get, you know, you're going to save cute and fuzzy bears. In California, or whatever the case may be, Vermont, they were doing it bear hunting in Vermont as well. Um, and so, you know, as a politician, what poli- politicians do is their goal is to look as good as they possibly can all the time. So they may not get all the information. You know, that sucks because there are policymakers, there are lawmakers, they should be really investigating everything, right? But unfortunately, it, at, at face value, it looks good. So our goal is let's educate that that person on wildlife 
conservation, give them the science that backs up why if they took away mountain lion hunting or bear hunting, how it's going to affect all the other animals. And usually they're like, they back away from it because they're like, oh, this is not going to make me look good. I'm going to kill off all these deer. I'm going to screw up the ecosystem and I'm going to piss off a shit ton of hunters. So I'm not going to look good. It's not going to help me. Why should I, why should I, uh, you know, endorse it? So, um, I don't know if I answered your original question. I started going around in circles, but yeah, it was just to like, how does it work? And like, when is it important? So, and, and, and I guess on the other side of that is like, how, how are you hearing about all of this stuff when it is the whisper of, you know, like, like I said, they're not going to say like, Hey, you know, sign our thing to get rid of bear hunting. You know, they don't want to quote unquote poke the bear. They would rather that they just told their buddies and there was more of their emails than, than yours. Right. Exactly. It's almost always sneaky. Uh, if you read a lot of these bills, like right now there's a bill that's trying to get put on the floor in Oregon that is, would literally make ranching, horseback riding, all hunting and fishing for sh- for certain, but even like neutering your dog would be illegal. Like they, it's, it's like the complete extreme of, you know, it's like a vegan world is what they're trying to, what they're trying to push there. And, you know, I don't have nothing against vegans like that. That's a lifestyle. If you're doing it because you feel that eating plants is healthier for you, go for it. Like, or, you know, if it's not on you because you don't feel like you could take another life or, or enjoy stuff that comes from another life form, that's fine. That's your own thing. But like, they're really trying to impose their lifestyle on everyone over there. So it's a sneaky, sneaky bill. If you read the bill at first glance, if you don't really read into it, you wouldn't see all this stuff. A lot of it sounds like, well, let me give you an example. So I, and I keep using California because California is always under fire. Um, they'll send out a, one of the things that they do is they'll, they'll present a uh, potential sponsor, a congressman, whatever. Uh, they'll present them with survey data. They'll go do these surveys and the survey will say, would you support uh, killing a bear uh, sow with cubs? No, of course you wouldn't. No hunter would even say yes, right? Would you, you know, um, would you leave meat out in, in the, uh, you know, kill something, take the head and leave the meat? None of us would, nobody's going to be in support of that, right? And they, they ask these things like this, and then they go and present um, to a congressman or, or potential sponsor of a bill, and they say, look, 70% of Californians are against trophy hunting. And they derive that 70% by saying, would you be in support of lopping off something's head and leaving the meat out in the field. <laughs> they didn't come out and say, are you, you know, you see like that's the, that's the tactic there. They twist everything and they, they, they take data and they make it into whatever they want to make it into. And they constantly pushing this crap out onto people who just don't know. 
So, um, it's just, it's super sneaky. And the reason, the way we stay, we try to stay on, we can't stay on everything. Um, we rely on state organizations. We're partnering with a bunch of state, state organizations, or we have, we're developing liaisons in states that have their finger on the pulse. So we have, you know, either an organization or a couple of guys that are guys or girls looking into the policy making for that state during policy season. So uh, they inform us, they educate us on it. Some of it, a lot of it, unfortunately, is is us just finding it, researching it and, and putting it up and doing what we got to do. And some of it's people contacting us. Um, it's happening more and more on you know Instagram or whatever. And we're getting emails from people saying, hey, were you aware of this thing going on in this state? And then we do the research and get on it. So hopefully that system will get a lot more uh, sophisticated and we'll be able to have our finger on, on the pulse of the whole country. So what if, what do you say to people? And I mean, it's a very ignorant view, but sometimes as hunters or, or people, um, we can be very apathetic. They say, well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't care what they do in Oregon because they're basically a different country. I don't support anything that they do. California, same way. I'm never going to hunt there. I probably will never go there. I don't like people from California. What does it matter to me? Arizona, I don't think I'm ever – I mean, he lives there. He can't even draw a tag. What makes me think that I'm going to be able to get one? You know, why, why should we care about those issues? Right. Well, I mean <laughs> – this is this is the big thing here. This is the big message is, you know, like you said, why should a guy in, you know, Michigan who whitetail hunts give a crap about a guy in New Mexico who elk hunts? Well, they're playing the long game, right? They're chipping away at hunter rights and they're they're constantly going for the low-hanging fruit, right? Things that they can they can, you know, push underneath the uh, the radar, right? And if you take away hunting in one place, so let's say they got they got away with getting lion hunting here in Arizona, they're going to go do it in Mexico. Then they're going to go here, and eventually, once they get lion hunting out of the way, they're going to come to your state and they're going to try to get, you know, I don't know. Usually, you know, in a place that's well, Michigan's got you guys got more than just whitetail. You guys got elk. You guys got other bear and all kinds of stuff. So, but. So they might go after bear hunting in Michigan. They might, you know, they're doing it on the East Coast too. Like we're fighting stuff in Georgia and Vermont and and other places right now too. So like they're, it's they, it sets precedence. If they get it somewhere, it sets precedence for them to get it, get rid of it somewhere else. But the the other thing is, let's say I keep using California just because I, it's an easy an easy target for everybody, right? Um, the let's say they got rid of bear hunting there. They got bit rid of bear hunting there. Eventually, the deer hunting herd is going to hurt so bad that we're not even going to have a huntable population there. So we're not. We're going to have to say there's no more deer hunting too. They they might not have to have it 
they might not have to have it removed and we might have to remove it ourselves. And we're all donating into the same, you know, going back to your original question, we're all donating into the same pot here. We're all, we're all in this together because all our funds go to a national federal, you know, a federal fund that gets distributed to all the states. So whether you like it or not, you are connected to the guy that's in Oregon. You are connected to the guy that's in New Mexico. And like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a hard thing. And I've, I've always had, I've had a really good speech about it. And I've given it a million times, but I, I almost feel like I shouldn't have to say this to people. Like mm-hmm. it should be obvious to you. Like I just, I feel like, it's just important that when the guy in California knows you stood up for him and something comes up in your state, you know, he's going to stand up for you. You know, it's like that old thing from the Bible, you know, they came for me and they came for, uh, you know, whatever it is and you didn't stand up for me. And, and now that person's no longer there is no longer there for you because what happens, what happens if I love, you know, mountain lion hunting. And that's, that's all I do. I'm a mountain lion hunter. Right. And they take away mountain lion hunting in Arizona. Now I don't hunt anymore. Right. I took my passion and now I'm, I'm a mountain biker. I don't, I, I go out in the woods and I mountain bike. That's my thing. Now there's one less person, one less voice to stand up for what you believe in. There's one less person contributing into the industry as a whole. Like, those are the reasons. Like, it should be obvious. Unfortunately, it's not, but it should be obvious. We're all in this together, and if we want to keep on doing it and keep on enjoying what we enjoy now, you have to be mindful of that. You have to be involved and activated. People hate that word. Act. I mean, nobody activism or being an activist has always been associated with the other side, with the you know the super liberal, the super. The super, uh, you know, anti-hunting, anti-everything. <laughs> so, but the the cat, the the real thing is like that. The real case is is that you have to be activated. You have to be active. If you sit down and sit on your hocks and wait for things to happen, they're not going to be happen. You have to be an active person, involved in whatever it is that you're passionate about. Otherwise, it may not be there. You can't rely on. It's still being here. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why we still exist as a as an industry is because of greed. You know, I, I put it that way because it's you know polarizing, but it's really it's the truth. Is the hunting industry generates so much money on so many different levels, and there's so many little tentacles that come off of it. You know, uh, leading out to you know truck sales and. Uh, ATV sales. How many people do you know that own a truck? Probably wouldn't own a truck if they didn't go hunting, right? Stuff like that. And so the government as a whole tolerates us because of that, because there's so much money. But if you take that money equation out, like they've been trying, they've been trying to figure out ways to substitute the funding that comes out of hunting and fishing to, um, what do you call it? Substitute it with something else 
so that we're no longer relevant. That goes away. Guess what? Ciao, ciao. See you later. <laughs> There's no, there is no more going to Walmart, picking up a tag, and you know, going in the back nine and and shooting a deer. That 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 will not exist anymore. Everything will be privatized. If you want to go hunting, it'll be like the other countries in the rest of the world. Mm. Well, us and Canada and I think Australia, I think, are the only places that have public land to go hunting. So, so on the other side of that, and and. I don't know the answer to this, so maybe it's it's not as big of an issue, um, but I doubt it because I think it sways the scales one way or the other. But how much have we as hunters been able to get overturned or returned to us on things that have been taken away? Not a whole lot. Right. And so, I mean, that might be simply the answer to the question is that it isn't that we should, that you have to care about that guy or that hunter or whatever, but once it's gone away, they don't give it back. So if you ever thought that you may want to do anything anywhere, and like you said, it's used as a precedent for, you know, look at this model that we did in California. It's so great. And now that guy's politician's son is now in Michigan or PA or Missouri. Exactly. And, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, we've done a great job there. Now we're going to show how, how well we can do it here. And as much as us as hunters would say, that's bullshit. We would also say, and I've heard it and I've probably said it like, well, what can we do? I mean, because, they're politicians. They're going to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, they got elected by somebody and now, you know, there, there, there is a little truth to that. But in the reality, as we go back to the conversation we had earlier was, is that politicians are going to do whatever makes them look the best. Mm -hmm. So if you're the squeakiest wheel and you're showing the most, you know, interest in a subject, they're going to want to try to make you happy because it's going to make them look better simple as that. And, you know, what Hal's, Hal's done, we, we've made it easy for people to just go and take, so it doesn't take much from your time. Like just, it takes a, not even a minute, 45 seconds to go on the action center and say, put my name, my phone or my email address and my zip code. And I hit a button and boom, in 30 seconds, I just did more for wildlife than I than I ever did. And I just did more for hunting and fishing than I ever did. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing that, but it's, um, I don't know. I think it's really important that we just think cohesively, think holistically, think, you know, as, as one and, and not be so, that doesn't affect me because eventually it will affect you. Right. And, and so a couple of things. One, does it matter or can we say unequivocally that it doesn't matter where you live or where I live? So if I write a public 
statement through Howl because I've done it and I've gone on there and it is extremely easy. I mean, it is just as he says, you put in your email address and you click the button and it, it sends, right? But does it matter because you said you put in your zip code that I'm commenting on something in California or Arizona or Wyoming or Montana and you're shaking your head? No. Why does it not matter? It doesn't matter. Um, well, for one, the zip code thing is we use the zip code only if you are from the zip code. So the emails are getting, number one, they don't know where it's, that you're in Michigan and you're commenting on a California. They just know that you're a hunter. This is your name. This is the, They don't even know if you're a constituent or not. So that part... It doesn't matter. But the other thing is we are all able to hunt in other states. I hunt personally. I hunt all over the country. Uh, I mean, last year alone, I was in Florida. I was in New York. I was in Utah, Idaho, California, and my home state of Arizona. Right? And because you go to these other states and because you spend money in these other states, you're important. Even though you might not be directly voting for that politician, you are important because you are bringing revenue and you have a say in, to an extent, in, in everything. So it, it doesn't, it, to answer your question, it does not matter if you are from you know Florida and you're voting on something in Washington. It doesn't matter. We're not voting, but sending an email or voicing your opinion, it does not matter. Okay, so then on the other side of that where we say, okay, I got to give these guys my email address. What are they doing with it? What is their underhanded underlying thing? They're asking for you know donations if you can donate. Like where is the transparency? What's happening with all of these – this information that I'm giving them? Like wh- where do they stand to gain from it being Howell as an organization? So um, your email – once you've taken an action uh, and become a user, not a member, but if you become a user by taking an action, you're asked when you do it, can we inform you of um, other upcoming issues? So that email is used for us internally where we can uh, send you information as other bills come up. We, we need your help with this one. We need your help with this one. So you will get emails every time a new action is posted, or you can opt out of that. It's up to you. As a member, um, right now, our free membership, we have a free membership and we will, we have, we will have a paid membership here too, but uh, the details haven't been worked out on it yet. So, but the free membership your name, your email, all that stuff stays. We don't just go back to what you're asking. We, we don't sell it. We don't use it for anything else. Um, we don't try to market to you. We do have partners that we do uh, work with. So if, again, this is an opt-in thing, you don't have to opt in for it. But if you opt in for it, you might get an email that says, hey, because you're a How for Wildlife supporter or member, you can save 20% off with something else like that kind of stuff, yeah, you might get something like that. Um, but for the most part, um, you're not going to receive, you know, newsletters from us or, you know, 
constant spam. It's always going to be either about there being another action um, or another build that we need help with, or uh, we might have, like, for instance, one of the things that we're doing now is we started educating um, hunters. So in the past, when there's a, like a, a meeting, um, you know, two hunters would show up and then like a hundred anti-hunters would show up. The anti-hunters would show up and they would be all very organized, very well equipped to give testimony and influence the decision makers. And then we'd have two guys that were passionate and they would stand up and be like, I'm a hunter. Don't take away my hunting rights. And, you know, I'm an American and you're going against what America is about. And so that's all important, of course, but it doesn't sway the decision makers. So one of the things we're doing, and I'm sorry to get away from your thing because I just keep things keep popping up and I want to tell you about them, is we're we're creating like a Zoom meeting and you go on the Zoom meeting and you get educated. Okay, these are the this is the bill. This is the process. This is uh, the hot points. And this is the science that backs it. So if you're going to get up and testify, you go up there and you can speak intelligently and and give something that will. So we just have a, a meeting in Washington and we had like, you know, 65, 70 hunters or something like that show up and all were in the Zoom meeting and all gave excellent testimony and we we blew the 20 some odd anti-hunters that, that showed up out of the water. So and the reason why I'm telling you all this is we, we've done is as a member, we've incentivized everything. So if you become a member, even with a free membership, every time you take an action, you are assigned a certain amount of points. And those points once once you reach a certain threshold of points, you know, you get put in automatically for like a drawing or something like that to win something from one of our, our sponsors, one of our, not, I shouldn't say sponsors, no sponsors, partners um, that are giving, you know, gifts away. We just gave away like a trip, uh, whitewater rafting trip, stuff like that. Um, and I, sorry, I went off the the deep end over here with your question was, do we do anything with your, with your emails and stuff like that? No. And the funding, I already kind of went over that while our plan is with the funding is to, is to use that for education and mainstream media to buy billboards in downtown San Francisco, you know, in LA that, that shows infographics of well, hunters and conservation and stuff and start helping change the narrative. Sorry. I, you said something. I started going down a route with it. I was like, "Oh, I got to tell about tell about this stuff too." But. So, how is that um, being tracked, or how could people like? But where's the transparency, like in the funding type stuff? So, like, if I want to say, like, "All right, I got a, I'm going to donate X amount of dollars." Like, where did they go? What billboards did they do? And then, what actions have been, like, you know, what bills have been, you know taken off the ballot or whatever, like how is, where's the reporting like, like for everything? So, so for the bills, uh, the ones that we win, we are, that we have, we haven't lost one yet, uh, except for 
one in Vermont, which we were asked to back away from, from a state organization. They said they have it covered and we backed off and we, we lost. But okay. Uh, other than that, you can see, uh, you know, generally we, we make posts on social media and stuff like, hey, we won this bill or whatever. But you can go in your, in your, uh, as a member, you can look at this, not as a non member, you can't, but as a member, you can go in and look at your, um, I have to look on the website and see where we have it called now because he just changed it, but I believe it's called your um, your activity. So if you looked at your activity, you can see what you've uh, you know what actions you've participated in, and if they're still active or not, and if they've been won, it'll say that we've won them. Um, that's that. As far as funding and seeing where all this stuff goes. Um, we're still working a lot of that out. We were originally going to be a for a for profit organization, and somewhere in that process, we were like, "Well, let's become a five hundred one c three because we might be able to do more with the money." And then somewhere in that process, we found out that once you do, once you're involved in politics and policy, more than 25% of your efforts are, are towards that, you can't be a 501c3. So right now we are a nonprofit organization and I'm really, honestly, I'm not the guy to talk to about this. I, I don't know exactly, but we're we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to figure out where and how we could do the most good. And once we figure that out, then we can have the reporting the way we need to have it. Um, so we, we're still meeting. We're still having meetings with uh, different lawyers and so on and so forth to figure out because I don't. We don't want to get in trouble right now. You know, that's. I don't want to cut this off at the knees before it even really gets going. I. I it, we've only been. It's five weeks now. Six weeks. Six weeks, January 11th, that we launched, and we launched prematurely because of that Arizona mountain lion ban that I was talking about. Um, I rushed it. I, I called up Charles. I'm like, hey, we need to go now. I said, I know we don't have all our, all our ducks in a row. With We had everything on the technology side done. The website was operating perfectly. Everything on that side is 100% running on all cylinders. But the inner workings of the company, like we didn't have all that worked out yet. So uh, I apologize. And I, I'm sure that sounds sh- uh, sounds shady to people, but uh, I mean, I can assure you that I'm not doing this to get rich. Um, I, and I don't want to talk about numbers on the, on the podcast, but the website costs a ridiculous amount of money to build. Um, it costs a ridiculous amount of because of the platforms that we have to be connected to all the decision makers in the country and to be able to have the CRM and all this other stuff. So some people might understand what that means. It's all based on how many people you have. And the more people that come on, the more the more expensive it is. And um, to give you an idea, it costs like about $10,000 a month to run. So... Um, We're not making that kind of money, <laughs> you know. We have we get we've already got up to sixteen thousand members, 
and a lot of people have donated. There's been a lot of people involved, but it's nowhere near what we've put out. Not even, not even ten percent of what we put out. So, to give you an idea, yeah. So, and again, it's just simply, you know, everybody. It seems like today has an angle. So, if you're, you know, if it turns out that the angle is a hundred percent what you say it is, and it's all about like getting moving the needle on keeping hunting at the very least the way that it is and not regressing and not losing any ground. Um, and it isn't that you've got this big financial backer that's, you know, taking all the money that you come in and that's money taken away from hunting and there, that money's going into anti-hunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, listen, I understand your skepticism and I understand that you you asking that question because there's a lot of that going on. There's so much of that going on. This is a hundred percent funded by and almost in, entirely by Charles, my partner. Um, but it's, it's it's funded by the both of us. We have done it and we've continue monthly are are the ones funding it until we get to a point where there's money coming in and enough money coming in to pay for all of it. Um, so. Again, I you know forgive me for not having that, you know. Plus, you know, I don't know if that's something. I will, even if I did have, I think we should air in front of everybody. But there will be, um, if we are a five hundred one c three, it'll be just like anybody else. Anybody else, it'll be public record. You should be able to go on there and figure it out. Um, but I think there's a lot of mistrust. That has come from, and I, I don't want to name names. There have been several organizations in the last few years, especially, but even some of the old ones that have been around, there's a lot of shenanigans that goes around. And it's because it's a very political thing. And in politics, there's a lot of shenanigans, period. And that's why we're trying to make it as streamlined and as clean as possible so that there isn't that BS. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, you know, organization A or B. I I want us to be able to affect change. I want us to be able to uh, quickly interact with issues at at hand. I want us to be able to tie everybody into uh, one community so that we're all one and we're not, you know, all these they've. Divide, uh, divided, you know, niches within the hunting industry, and I want to be able to educate the non-hunting public on what it is that we do. I want them to understand that we're not Elmer Fudd, we're not, you know, toothless hillbilly shooting drunk out of the back of a truck. Like that's the goals and the direction is very clear, and I think if we stick to all that. Um, it should be really easy for people to want to get on board and support it and, and be able to, to see that it's not, you know, a money. It, it's, I know I get it. It's hard. You look at, again, I don't want to name drop. So I, I'll name drop on the other side. Let's look at the, at Houston. You look at Houston, the, the freaking CEO makes $800,000 a year. I mean, 
is that a reasonable when you're a five hundred one c three? It's supposed to be a reasonable compensation. Is that reasonable compensation for? I don't, you know, but that happens on our side too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and this, I, I don't want it to come across as I'm like putting you on the spot and saying like, "Hey, no, no, man, but, like, what the hell?" But at the same time, it's like people are going to be listening and they're going to be like, "Well, it all sounds like too good to be true." Like, where's the rub? You know what I mean? Like, of course. So I'm from Brooklyn. I, <laughs> I think everything's got a rub, you know. I I'm guilty until proven innocent. I I'm all about that, and I understand it. So, um, I I think I take for granted that I expect people to take it that it's me saying it, mm-hmm. but you don't know who I am, right? Right. And but I, the the people who know me and know how how much I've been involved in my whole life in and how. Like one of the other things is that going around, I, I keep seeing like thread, threads coming up as us being possibly anti-hunting. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Does that look anti-hunting to you? Like, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I just, I just, um, I, 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 get, I get where you're coming from, you know? So. Yeah. And like I say, like for myself, I've obviously like went on there, poked around, looked at everything that I can. And for what I've seen, it ends up being exactly what it, what it seems, but that's what it always is until you're like, wait a minute, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like all the volunteers are doing all the work and and they're paying money. Like, you know, where's all this money being allocated? So, and, and I understand that you guys are, like new to this and the almost the the lack of information doesn't necessarily read to me as anything other than like you seem like vulnerable right so you're like oh shit i didn't know like i don't know the answer which is better than saying like well charles takes care of all that and you know it'll come out later you know what i mean yeah (laughs) Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I wish I knew, I wish I knew all the ins and outs of this, or maybe I'm blissfully happy that I don't know all the ins and outs of this. Um, but I do know if we have a goal and, um, hopefully I spell those out for you guys well enough. And, but, and, and we're going to continue to do what's necessary to reach those goals. Okay. You know? So where can people follow along or like if they want to check it out, if they want to try to uh, vet some of this, if they want to check on like what's going on in their state, if there's uh, anything going on, like where can people find you, find uh, if they have questions or or if they just want to go and sign up, all of that stuff? Yeah, you can uh, you can go to Howl, H-O-W-L, for wildlife, F-O-R, wildlife.org, and uh you go to the action center. There's, I believe, six or seven actions. Some of them are pro hunting. We're also, you know, we're also about promoting the pro hunting ones. Um, if you don't, if you want to kind of get more involved and you want to find out, look, look in your state and look and see if there is any bills being proposed right now that are anti hunting or pro hunting, and you know, reach out to us on Instagram 
uh, is probably the best place. It's Hal underscore uh, org, I believe it is. Let me see. Let me look that up for you. Um, or you could just get get a hold of me, John Stallone. That's nice and easy to remember. Um, the uh, yeah, it's Hal underscore org uh, is the handle on Instagram. Just you could send over there uh, if you've come across a bill that's you know not necessarily just anti hunting, but it's going to go against the um, you know conservation model, the North American uh, wildlife conservation model, and that's. You know, that's our main focus is to promote anything that's science-based wildlife management and, um, and you know, basically pro-hunting and pro-fishing. So, Okay. Well, awesome. I appreciate you coming on and having the, the chat with us. And uh, like, uh, like I said, uh, I've tried to figure out a way for us as a podcast to do better um, about dealing with some of this stuff. Um, but it does always seem such like a huge undertaking and like, I don't know, very somewhat messy, um, to, to say the least. So, um, I appreciate what you guys are doing and the, f- uh, manner in which you've made it easy to navigate. No, no, I mean, that was the goal and I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the kudos on it. Um, we've, uh, We've really, really worked hard to make it as easy to take away those obstacles that would prevent well-intentioned people from doing the right thing. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Well, thank you. All right.